Hey everyone, it's Metal Rock and Whiskey Monday. Each week we bring you this special segment, this one right here, a tailored and themed whiskey pairing so that you, the listener, can drink along with us, the people talking, during Wednesday's show. You're absolutely correct, Sailor, and this will also be a sneak peek of our upcoming topic. And um, this week we are, if you can believe it or not, once again, somehow, talking about Motley Crue. Jesus Christ. In fact, (laughs) (laughs) three shows, man, three shows. How did that happen? I I know. I mean, they're getting up into like that that Metallica area now where they're like more than two shows. How dare you? (sighs) I know. Blasphemous. But we will be discussing, actually, no Motley Crue albums this week. Or not really. Well, we will be discussing Motley Crue in general. But we will be discussing the new biopic, which has everyone talking uh, called The Dirt, and give our reviews and possibly some very strong opinions. Probably some strong opinions, I would say. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. But first, most of you probably know that each week we take turns pairing a whiskey with our weekly topic, and this week it is my turn to offer a pairing. So, uh, guys, you might want to sit down for this one, Okay. Here we go. So for my whiskey pairing today, I got in my car, I drove down the street a bit, and pulled into my local Walmart parking lot. It was a nice sunny day. I realized I was in charge of the whiskey segment tonight, so I looked up at the bright blue sky, took a deep breath of fresh air, and said to myself, you know, I just don't give a fuck. Good thing I didn't bother to change out of my pajamas, because... I'm at Walmart, right? So I slowly walked into Walmart, went over to the liquor shelves, bent way down, right to the bottom shelf, identified what I needed, but my back hurt a little bit. So I stood back up, took my foot, and kicked out the bottle that I wanted. Don't worry, it's a plastic bottle, so no harm. I rolled it over to the counter, looked at the checkout person, and pointed to the ground. She looked down, shrugged her shoulders, and rang me up for $8.58 plus tax. I figured I should probably pick up the bottle and carry it to the car, so I did. Once I got to my car, I threw it with medium force into the back seat and watched it bounce around a bit. Once it was done bouncing, I drove home. Normally, my process is that I craft my whiskey pairing a few hours before the show, I pour it into the appropriate glass, let it breathe for a while, then usually I'll sit down, roll it around in a glass, and begin tasting and writing my notes. I assumed once I got home today, I would do the same thing. But then I figured, nah, fuck it. I'll just wait till the last minute. So here we are. And let me tell you, friends, about Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. This whiskey goes way back to one of the shittiest times in North American whiskey history, 1951. And let me read to you how they market this garbage. One, Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey is named for its signature velvet-like texture. No. Two, Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey's smooth quality is the result of blending the whiskey at birth, meaning during maturation rather than later in the whiskey-making process. 
fake news. Three, it is remarkably smooth with hints of caramel, vanilla, coconut, and rye spiciness. Lies. Four, using crystal clear Canadian water. Okay. Plus the finest rye grains and corn. No. The whiskey is painstakingly distilled and put in premium oak barrels to gently mature. For what, two fucking weeks? Five. Ideal for any occasion, black velvet Canadian whiskey has a smooth texture that's an ideal addition to countless cocktail recipes. Bullshit! Six. The Black Velvet Distilling Company is located near the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Nobody gives a fuck. So, this shit's 80 proof, and it has the color of, well, light baby pee. The nose has the sense of, well, more baby pee, with maybe some hints of old apricot fruit roll-ups that have been on the back seat of your mom's minivan for 20 years, and maybe a coconut urinal cake. Definitely has the scent of something that's been pissed on. Viscosity is much like water. Tap water, to be exact. And on the palate, let's see, I get... You mean it's not like a velvet? <laughs> if velvet is tap water. <laughs> on the Crystal palate, tap water. I get diesel fuel, rubbing alcohol, chemicalized flavoring, like maybe yellow number five. They claim it's been aged for three years. Maybe a drop of it. The only remarkable thing about this whiskey is the fact that it's still on the fucking market. Much like the movie that we all previewed this week and will discuss on Wednesday. It's remarkable that anyone actually paid to make this movie. Oh, and there's a lot of piss in the movie. So there you go. There's my pairing. Wow. I'm just wondering, who who's the master rectifier at this? Uh, <laughs> rectifier, <distillery>. good one. <laughs> that was good. So listen, guys. I know that's a super fucking bummer, right? So I'm going I'm to do something here. Let's wash our palate, shall we? I don't know about you guys, but that's what I do when I've tasted a really bad spirit. I drink something yummy afterwards to get rid of the memory of the shit that I just tasted. So I'm going to do a second pairing here. I'm going to talk about a beautiful dram that I received from my buddy, Old Soul Whiskey Guy, on Instagram. He was giving away four samples and a bunch of other fun swag, and I got them. So I am going to do a tasting and pairing live on the show each week with the four grams that I got from him. So tonight, we're going to do a little whiskeying with Whistle Pig Farm Stock Rye. Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. Wow. So... This was crowdsourced, which is really cool. It said that over 500 industry professionals got a taste of this to create a perfect blend. Whistle Pig Farm is located in Shurham, Vermont, if you didn't know. And they're on their way to being a 100% triple terroir vision, meaning everything in the grain, the water, and the barrels all come from the local terroir. It's just a fancy way of saying a state distillery. It's a blend of straight rye and has 32% of in-house whiskey in the blend, and it's aged for two years. It's 86 proof. It's got gorgeous legs. They really cling to the glass. It's very viscous and has a really, really nice, rich amber color. The nose is not what you would expect from a rye at all, especially not a whistle pig rye. 
It's got a lot of caramel and bread right away. The vanilla notes are easy to find. And the longer it sits, I get the scent of citrus. And then comes the pepper. Black and red pepper flakes come through after opening up, but I still get the sweetness that keeps coming to the front. There's a lot going on in this juice. The more I sit with it, the more I pick pick up different elements, but it's not confusing like some whiskeys can be. I smell and taste straight paths. First, sweet caramel, vanilla bean, fresh dried grain, and after a few sips, rolling it on my tongue for a while, I begin to find the pepper. This time, it's soft black pepper. And then dry cut grains come through, a bit of grass. The heat is really only present in the background, which is really allowing the bold and well-pronounced flavors to come through. Then come orange peels, lots of orange peels in the middle of that palette. And then with the finish, lots of honey and cinnamon. I think it's the pepper changing to a cinnamon as it mixes with the honey. Of course, you're getting butterscotch and a little bit more of that bread and vanilla bean. I think they did a really great job um, blending younger whiskeys with more mature rye. The surprising factor here is the sweetness. It drinks like a bourbon, but has that exciting spiciness and layering of a rye. So the balance, I think, is really the takeaway from this expression. It's no surprise that this beauty comes from the hand, mind, and heart of the late master distiller, Dave Crow. So, raise the glass to Dave. Here, here. Cheers, Dave. So it's I'm I'm getting it sounds like you're preferring this to the black velvet. Yeah, it's a tough call, but I'm gonna have to go with the whistle pig. Seemed close. Seemed close. Oh yeah, wow. it that close. whistle pig sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, well, this this farm stock rye is freaking phenomenal and I think that if I tasted this blind, to be completely honest, I'm pretty good at blind tasting, so I wouldn't say I'm an kind of expert, but I would call this a bourbon right away. Wow, um, interesting. Which hmm. is, is, not a, is not a bad thing because I I I drink rye before I drink bourbon. And I've always okay. been a rye girl. I think it's just my New York heritage. Um, I, you, do, you definitely realize it's the rye after a few sips once you get into the palate and start finding all the other flavors. All of a sudden with the grass, you know, and the dry grains and some dry hay, you get that earthiness and then that cinnamon and the lever, the can you speak the layers of pepper I think is what is unique about this rye and and as those layers come through like first it's a little bit uh, assertive red and black pepper then it goes to a cinnamon back to a soft black pepper you kind of go through that roller coaster throughout the palate and that's what I find so interesting about this and then that's when you realize oh shit I'm drinking a rye well as you said there's a lot going on there there's a clearly, lot going clearly, on clearly yeah yeah it's a lot and it's not I've, I've had um, many whiskeys that I feel have so much going on that for a minute I'm like, what the fuck am I drinking? Like, it's over-blended. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Oh, yeah. You feel it is over-blended. It's too much. And you and I, I, I want to be able to identify what the hell I'm drinking. Um, so I think I, you know, you guys know I'm a huge lover of um, Wild Turkey, and I happen to love their rye, I mean, so much. I feel like this is a similar approach in a way, or maybe a similar result happened. That it's like, is this a bourbon? Is this a rye? Is this a bourbon? Is this a rye? So I found that fun, very very fun. Yeah, the only other, the only Whistle Pig product I've ever had was their ten year rye, and I can't remember what exactly I, you know, the tasting notes were on it, 
But uh, I just remember I liked it. Well, it was good. <laughs> that's good. As long as you like it, yeah, I've that's, had the, that's all that matters. I've had the pleasure to try most of their their core stuff, I guess you would call it. Um, being being in the business for a while, but uh, you know they they turned me off with their price points. Unfortunately, they're just little bit out of my league. Unfortunately, yeah, they are. They yeah, are I, I, I get I, it, I, but I've 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 liked what I have tasted. I will say that I'm not a fan of the Boss Hog. I know that's probably their most popular. Um, doesn't do it for me. Their price point is completely prohibitive. And oh. I think unnecessarily, because as you guys know, I worked for a farm distillery. Um, and I mean, they were much smaller batch and were not even charging half of what, you know, was being charged. So I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate that aspect of it. Um, but the flavor of there was, was delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is my pairing for this week. Um, thanks again to Old Soul Whiskey Guy for the dram. And thanks to you guys for listening. And we will see you Wednesday. All right. Well, if that whiskey segment wasn't a cliffhanger, then I don't know what the fuck is. So tune in Wednesday for our full show on the dirt. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Be there. <laughs>